Welcome back. I'm Bill. I'm Stuart. I'm Silva. And we're here to answer your questions. First caller. Okay, this is awkward. <laughs> I'm not playing that game. I'm not I'm not playing along with that. Um you guys talk about the Bible, I'm gonna look at shelves. Alright, so today we're kind of bouncing all over the place, but Primarily, we're going to be in James and Matthew. Um, starting out in James chapter 1, verse 26, it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Skipping ahead to chapter 2, verse 2. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Chapter 2, verse 8. I think I wrote down my reference wrong. We're going to have to edit some of this. Ah. Chapter 3, verse 8. Somehow I looked at a 3 and wrote a 2. I must have been tired that day. It says, No human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So on the one hand, if we don't control our speech we, our religion is worthless we're deceiving ourselves we have no right to call ourselves followers of jesus and on the other hand no human being can fully tame the tongue and control our speech on this earth which at first can look like a contradiction but it's it's not if you look at what jesus said which is where we jump to the gospel of matthew chapter 12 going to start in verse 34. It says, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So that's why, on the one hand, we will not fully tame our tongue, fully control our speech on this earth, is because we are still fighting the remains of sin. We still have evil desires, evil treasures in our heart. We will, and so until we are fully glorified, fully sanctified, every last temptation to sin is removed, then we will still have moments where the remaining evil treasure in our heart brings forth what is evil in our speech. However, that is also why James can say that if you do not control your speech, if the words you say do not give evidence of good treasure in your heart, then you have no right to call yourself a Christian. If you are being sanctified, if you are being, as Romans says, conformed into the image of Christ, then your desires, your treasures, what you love will be changing to be more like him, and your speech will naturally follow. So, I mean, 
one of the uh, when I got saved, one of the first things that I was convicted on and had to fight was controlling my speech because uh, I, I spoke. I, I tried to be as as shocking and offensive as possible, and uh, I, I liked to season all of my speech not with love but with cuss words. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was hard to do because it's it's so easy to talk inappropriately and talk harshly, even though the the impact can uh, can be devastating to some people, and even though we have to give an account for every word that we say, it's so easy to just you know. Just go off on a tangent and uh, give yourself a lot you have to account for one day. So, the next thing that I was looking at is, all right, if the treasures of our heart will flow out of our mouths, Mm -hmm. what should be flowing out? What does the Bible say we should be speaking? And the, the first place, the first thing that has to fill our heart I'm going to jump to Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 36, uh, starting in verse 35, rather. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And then Paul reflected something very similar in the book of Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 14 says, But the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So right there, if we're wondering what should be in our heart, what should be flowing out of our mouth, the first thing that should fill our heart to fulfill the entire law of God is love for God and love for people. We are made in the image of God, and that should be the the center of everything that is flowing out is love for the one who made us and love for the ones he made in his own image. And if we care about his image then you know it, it should be obvious that we would care if his uh, image is defiled by how we act and what we say so you know it, uh, if you go around speaking however you want to speak using uh, whatever words you want to use and uh, you know lashing out at people hatefully then that's how you're representing God. And especially if you're saved, then, you know, when, when people hear you talk, when people see how you act, they're going to assume that, you know, that, that is a, that is an extension of, of what you're taught on Sunday, what you read out of the Bible. Cause if you truly believe what, what you say you believe, then that has to be okay with you because 
unlike the rest of the world, we are actually held to the standard that we're supposed that we're supposed to keep, and it's a good thing. But you know, there's always going to be a a double standard. You know, we uh, uh, the living for Christ and and being true to what you believe only goes one way, and that's and that has to be us going God's way because. You know, everyone else is going to judge us for it, and we're going to look terrible if we don't. What, what do you mean when you say there's got to be a double standard? Well, no, there's going to be a double standard. Meaning well, what is if, a double standard? If, okay, uh, not to get political here, but if, if a certain party says these things are bad, such as racism, and then they act incredibly racist, they'll just redefine their terms and say, no, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. If we go, hey, we're supposed to love God first and foremost and love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and then we don't do that, we can't, you know, uh, one, people will say, hey, you're being a hypocrite, even though they would never pull that plank out of their eye. And because, you know, one of the... For some reason, in the fallen world, the easiest person to level a finger at is God. And it's much harder to, to point at the mirror and, you know, aim at yourself. And two, we can't uh, change around God's word to make it fit how we want to act. Mm -hmm. Although people tried, there was that, uh, that one guy who said, well, really, who is my neighbor? Who are you saying I have to love? And that led to the the whole parable of the Good Samaritan. And basically the point was, love everyone, especially your enemies. But people tried. So, yeah, I, I, realized, I realized when I said it and you looked at me uh, with your eyebrows there that uh, I had said something wrong. <laughs> I could just tell, like, your eyebrows. I didn't even see your eyes. Just your eyebrows were like, no, son, you've said something dumb again. No, I was agreeing I, with you. I'm here for in this podcast is I just sit here. I'm, I'm nice and quiet until you guys say something wrong and then I correct you. So what you're saying is uh, you're taking that Phil Robertson role to heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you, I would never compare myself to Phil Robertson. That man is uh, much, much greater than I will ever be. But Especially with his beard. But uh, I mean, he's got the beard game going very strong. His whole family does. Yeah. But after I explain it, uh, it makes sense what I'm saying, right? Like, we, have a beard. like we will always be judged harsher by the world than the world judge, judges itself. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which is, which is fine because uh, I think God may have given us that as a mercy because if it was just as easy to go along with the world as uh you know as it could be then a lot of us would probably be in trouble it's important to remember that as harsh as the world's judgment may be we have a stricter judgment waiting for us and while we will be judged by mercy instead of by wrath we will still have to give an account for everything we do and everything we say Scripture says we'll be held accountable for every idle word. I don't know if that was one of the ones that you read. Mm -hmm. um, I assumed it was. I was looking at shelves. So <laughs> every every time I remember that, I think of something very specific that Christy said. That you're going to hold her accountable for? No, that, that I'm like, <laughs> man, oh, man, 
I do not want to be near that debriefing room when uh when she has to explain what she was thinking. Right. So when Christy listens to this podcast, you're going to be held accountable for that statement. I'm not afraid. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of hormones, I fear no frying pants. Are you just banking heavily on the idea that she's not going to get four episodes in and still be listening? Yeah, I'm banking on the idea that uh, 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 she has a, like a good sense of humor. <laughs> and the thing is, I wonder it, when she listens to this, is she going to go, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about? Or is she going to go, oh, man, which one? So yeah. let me ask you, do you have something specific in mind, or is that just a general statement? No, I have one thing specifically in mind, and, and I remember it, and it makes me hurt. And huh. it makes me hurt because I'm like, why? Why did you say this? Your wife must be pretty incredible if there's only one thing she's ever said that you're like, why would you say that? Which is not meant to be a commentary on my wife, just a commentary on the rest of humanity. Why would you talk about Valerie like that? Why would I, why would I talk? You said okay, so so you weren't talking about my wife, and you weren't talking about your wife. There's only one other guy with a wife here. What are you stirring up strife amongst brethren? I have no idea how you misunderstood that badly what I said. Oh, I didn't. I'm being facetious. I don't think that was intelligent enough to be considered facetious, Bill. <laughs> it doesn't have to be intelligent. Bessie, you've seen a tabloid, right? It's always no. stupid. All facetious means is not to be taken seriously. It doesn't have any implication of it's like a highbrow. It's like like I'm checking out in the store, and then there's those magazines that somebody has to be buying. But it's always like, like Prince Charles had a pocket watch. Does this mean he knows about the UFOs? <laughs> or look, it's Jennifer Aniston, and she's not happy about something. That's the entire show of Friends, isn't it? It's no, like the, the whole show is Jennifer Aniston's upset about something. No, I'm fairly certain the entire point of the show is that, like, was it Joey? That he's like a psychopath and everyone's afraid of him? Ross. Yeah, it's Ross. Yep, there you go. Ross is a psychopath that everybody's afraid yeah, of. Yeah, if you take the laugh tracks out of Friends, Ross, Ross is definitely a psychopath. If you take the laugh track out of uh, Big Bang Theory... It cuts the show down to about two minutes an episode. It's always like it's always like somebody comes in and goes goes like, "Hey guys, the Flash," and then the audience goes like, "Ha!" It's like, "Bazinga!" Ha! And then the girl comes in and goes, "Hi, I'm a girl," and everyone's like, "Ha! Nerds don't hang out with girls. What is she doing there?" Ha! And that's the whole show. So anyway, we're going to be held accountable for idle words. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be held accountable for uh, for stretching fifteen seasons out of out of the nerds don't have girlfriends joke. Seriously, fifteen seasons? I think it's like I, I don't think I'm exaggerating by too much. I think it's wow. like twelve. And then they have like a spinoff, and it's Sheldon as a little kid, and it's like, oh great, the character I wanted to hear talk the least has his own show, and now. Uh, like they have like another show now where it's like Sheldon and uh, his girlfriend are like starting a family or something. Wait, Sheldon as a father? Yeah. Oh, that would just be weird. Yeah. Yeah, Sheldon wasn't weird until he gets to be a father. Weirder. 
That's going to be the uh, closing soundbite. I just know it. Weirder. Yeah. Uh, anyway, idle words. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a lot to account for, and I'm not Clearly. looking I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> well, and here's like uh, I don't want to say. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm going to get mercy, but I, I don't like. I picture it's like a slideshow. They're like, all right, time to get to the idle words. And then they just bring in a filing cabinet full yeah. of slides like this. And like, like, uh, uh, the drawer just keeps coming out. Yeah. It just keeps like in Bruce almighty. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like, all right. So why is it on December 12th of, uh, 2006, you said this, and then they just look at, and the angels just looks at me like, Oh wait, they can't. This see isn't that. the video podcast, but Bill just made the face that is always Bill's face. <laughs> it was an intense stare. Like, what are you thinking, man? It's just always Bill's face. Yep. No, but I don't think it'll be like that. Um, I have no idea what what that's going to be like. It can it, considering the fact that we have grace. Um. But you're gonna have to edit so much of this out. <laughs> I'm just trying to try to make sure I'm wording it in a good way. What what I so the uh, the idle words concept, being held accountable for every idle word, putting aside for a moment what being held accountable will actually entail, given the fact that we're under grace. Um, the idea of idle words also i think is something worth discussing because it, it's it can it can be really it's easy to condemn yourself over that passage when you think about like oh man i spend a lot of time just goofing around and cutting up and not actually being productive with the things i say but i don't think that's what he's talking about at all because goofing around and joking around and things like that. That's not idle as far as I, in, in my opinion, from what I can tell. And I don't think God thinks so either. Um, like we talked about on one of our first podcasts, God's command for us to be joyful, which I don't want to get into that argument again, because that's going to be like the, just the name of this season of this. This season is called Joe and Joe debate joy <laughs> because it happens in every podcast. Well, actually, no, uh, uh, Will, who does the other show. Corrected us on that. Yeah, corrected us on that. It turns yeah. out Stuart was right. <laughs> like he pulled out a he pulled out like a, a bunch of Bible dictionaries and sent the pictures of the definitions. And was like, no, he's he, he's more correct than y'all were. Okay. That's not how I remember that. But anyway, um, point being, um, if joy is something that we're commanded to uh, pursue then using our words to bring joy through you know joking around and things like that is absolutely not idle yeah so then what we need to do is figure out what exactly is he talking about when he says idle words well i i kind of i think that when he says idle words he is talking about our casual speech but when he says that we will be judged for our idle words, that's not purely in the negative. The very next verse says, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. 
I don't think the message is never have any idle, casual speech. I think the point is that you will be judged based on the content of that speech and what it reveals about your heart. Right. If your casual conversation is flowing out of a place of love for God and love for people and it's you know wholesome humor or just you know wholesome conversation in general that will be the the good part of that uh that judgment you know whereas if the casual conversation is unloving unmerciful worldly then that will be the negative part of the judgment mm-hmm yeah, I would agree with that. What are you looking for there, Bill? Bill just went to the other side of the room and grabbed a couple of thick books off the bookshelf. Not the same bookshelf that Joe was looking at. He was looking at bookshelves not even in the room, which is a little No, I'm not weird. looking at bookshelves. I'm looking at shelves. I'm lo- hey, I, I want to get... Go, go oh. to, the, oh, we're go to the Bible verse... And uh, look at the look at the the, the commentary on which Bible yeah go verse. to the Bible verse Stuart yeah the idle words one and look at the commentary for for what uh, what's the reference yeah Matthew twelve uh, somewhere between thirty four and thirty seven I just wrote down the the range because this dictionary definition is useless inactive or lazy but I don't think that's quite what uh don't think that's quite what's in view here unless unless uh y- unless you can define useless words write this down wrong. did i write that one down wrong as well yeah i don't i don't think matthew 12 24 to 27 is uh what you're, I, what you're thinking it is Thirty no 34 through 37 i'm sorry oh, i missed you should be sorry all right what what According to the Reformation Study Bible, R.C. Sproul, General Editor, words, even carelessly spoken words, are eternally important. Scripture condemns verbal sins such as lies, gossip, or insults as severely as it condemns adultery and murder. And that's all they've got on the definition of idle words in the Reformation Study Bible. Let's see what it's what John MacArthur says. All right, MacArthur says... The most seemingly insignificant sin, even a slip of the tongue, carries the full potential of all hell's evil. No infraction against God's holiness is therefore a trifling thing, and each person will ultimately give account of every such indiscretion. There is no truer indication of a bad tree than the bad fruit of speech. The poisonous snakes were known by their poisonous mouths, revealing evil hearts. Every person is judged by his words because they reveal the state of his heart. So, I'm looking at uh, the definition of idolatry here because it's right under and it says, Idol, see idolatry, and then it's the very next uh, def- <laughs> definition. Okay, that's a different spelling of idol. Mm-hmm. I know, but it was just, it was unnecessary. <laughs> just it's it just said that and then it's said just right there <laughs> uh, it's a dictionary they're mm-hmm. going to have weird things or at least unnecessary things yep somebody a long time ago was like hey you know all the words yeah i know i know a lo- no no all the words what if we put them all in a book in order 
whoever whoever like wrote the alphabet song uh like made all the dictionaries whoever said the letters have to be in this order i don't think he understood how important his job like his decision was anyway um trying to give my son some instructions but he's he's responding to my text messages with uh recordings of himself answering my questions like i can't listen to that right now buddy i need you to just do what i said and then he sends you another recording and it's like son why do you why do you do this to me i love you sammy if you listen to this recording i love you but learn to type yeah on the alexa how is he with his spelling uh his spelling is pretty good okay we'll work on it but Allison today was like, Mom, Dad, what's a crockatoo? A what? A crockatoo. It was like, look at the word again, honey. Crockatoo. It's like, no, 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 no. There's no R there. Look. Like, oh, a cockatoo. Like, yep, there you go. I just thought of I just thought of that. It's like a crockatoo sounds awesome. <laughs> Yeah. I'm envisioning I this um, ugly plastic sandal flying around, no. like bumping into people's heads. No, lizard bird. Oh, uh, pterodactyl. Susie, Susie earlier uh, texted me and said, yeah, so uh, Becca Becca, right now, she's sitting on the couch doing some reading. I go, good, she's doing reading. She's like, yeah, she decided to do some reading on her Kindle she's doing. I, I told her it could be for school. I'm like, okay, good. And she's like... Okay, I just looked closer at what Becca's reading, and it's a baby book that she downloaded to her Kindle because it would be easy to read. So I, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> yeah, she likes that book. It's called "The Lion Takes a Bath," and that's pretty much the only sentence in the whole book. I, I think. The lion takes a bath. 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 Are you guys gonna? The lion takes a bath. There you go. Okay, now you're done. <laughs> the lion gives a shower. What? What? You want to think that through? I was just envisioning trying to wash their cub, but you know, they took a bath. How do you they think gave lions shower. bathe their cubs? I don't think lions take baths at all. I think okay. it's fiction. I think it's a children's book and not meant to line up with reality. That's fair. Not good. You're telling me the cat in the hat wasn't real? Dude. <laughs> hey, the cat in the hat knows a lot about that. Ha! Allison told me she read Go Dog Go. I was so proud of her. That is a good book. And now you're going to understand me whenever I say that is a nice party hat. <laughs> yeah, we were in Walmart and I picked them up a bunch of the cat in the hat books that aren't or a bunch of Dr. Seuss books that aren't the cat in the hat. They don't need don't like the cat in the hat. They don't need any uh they don't need any more uh ideas on how to wreck the house. <laughs> anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um so yeah, the first thing that should be flowing out of our heart is love for God, the and love for people, but the uh the second passage I would look at to answer that question is in Romans chapter 1. Which is the first chapter of Romans. And it comes right before Romans chapter 2, believe it or not. Um, Romans 1, starting in verse 18, 
says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So that's the the second thing that needs to be flowing out of our heart is honoring God and thanking him. That's the core of all wickedness is failing to glorify him for who he is and failing to thank him for all that he has done for us. Yep. And when you uh when you talk when you talk crazy to people or say inappropriate stuff, you are doing the exact opposite. Exactly. And then I also wrote down Ephesians 5. I don't remember why. Let me see what it says. See if I'm still following what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. I actually remember it actually makes sense, which is weird. Uh, Ephesians 5, starting halfway through verse 18 Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, worship and thankfulness and amazement at all that he has done. And also, you know, if if you're a, a naturally angry person, that goes off into fits of rage. You know, you, you, you can't be uh, thankful and just angry all the time. Yeah, there are two things. Well, maybe righteously angry, but you can't be sinfully angry and thankful simultaneously. Because most of the time when you're just, you know, mad enough to, uh, you know, openly insult people, it's because you feel uh, like you've been wronged more than likely a pride thing mm-hmm. yeah and the by far the most effective counter to pride is taking a step back and remembering what i have been saved from what god has done for me and what i actually deserve and it, it doesn't take long under those conditions for me to realize just how little I have to truly be angry about. Yeah. I mean, it. I would worry if, if you were a person that could look up at the cross and understand that, that it was your sins that put Christ there and then think that there are, uh, uh, that there are many things that can, that that can be said to you that you have the right to to go off about. If Christ said to to love those who wrong you and he died for you, then you know, you need to be able to take a step back and really evaluate your situation cuz if Christ gave you forgiveness for you know the the wrong that you've done to him, which is a way greater wrong than anyone can do to you. Mhm. And uh, that was that was the parable of the uh, I forget which one, but 
the the one guy was forgiven a large debt and then the other guy just you know owed him pennies by comparison and he went and you know shook him down and and uh and, and treated him uh treated him bad yep. for his much smaller debt and then the king saw him doing it and uh sent him to prison mm-hmm. until his debt was until every penny of his debt was paid which means uh if you don't if you don't freely offer forgiveness then then uh then your sins you're going to have to pay for yourself and you're not you're not going to see an into that account and then i guess i i had three things the last one is scripture scripture should be flowing out Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. The, the way we will have a prosperous and successful existence, whether it's, whether you, you know, whether it's, talking about in this life which i believe occasionally it applies to this life but far more fully it applies to eternity the way we will set ourselves up to to really enjoy that is for the book you know for god's word to be constantly in our hearts constantly in our mouths filling every aspect of our lives and if we're supposed to imitate christ then we need to imitate his words as well Mm -hmm. Christ was constantly quoting from the Old Testament. It was what he turned to. It was his method of fighting sin. It was his method of proving his his own claims and arguments. Everything he said flowed from the scripture. If it was good enough for him, it better be good enough for us. Mm-hmm. So in, in that case... In that case, would it be that Christ was Christ was quoting the Holy Spirit then? I mean, you, if, you if, could make the argument that he was quoting himself. A couple, a couple of times, like for the Christophanies. <laughs> you know, that, that's a whole different discussion. And one way... God when, quoting the Word of God. Yeah, can mess with your mind if you stop to think about it too much. But uh, actually, apparently, there, there's a resurgence of... Uh, you know how like kind of like the oneness Pentecostals are like the oneness groups where, you know, they, they reject the Trinity and say God is one. And then that comes out as, you know, it, it could come out in different ways, like, you know, modalism or something like that. Well, uh, uh, apparently that's making a, uh, that's coming back in force recently in recent history. Hmm. I would, I was listening to a thing about it today, and uh, a lot of people are letting the concept of the the simplicity of God override the clear teaching of Scripture. And uh, uh, one of the examples they gave was when Jesus was baptized, and you know the Father said from heaven, "This is my Son, who I'm well pleased." And the Spirit, you know, descended and and rested on him. That he said, well, it only, uh, this person, I forget who was saying, it only appeared like three people were acting when it was only actually one person acting. We just saw it as three people. And I'm like, wow, is that really, is that really the, uh, 
the the hill the hill you want to take a stand on well although i'm not surprised that that along with various other heresies come and go satan has been a liar from the beginning and he loves to reuse the old lies they were effective back in the day they're effective now and so he may he cycles through them you know he kind of switches which one is the prominent lie of the time based on frankly a bunch of factors most of which are you know most of which elude me but at least part of it is whatever lie is the counter or the the opposite of the previous generation's lie he loves to kind of flop back and forth in part to catch you know to hopefully try to catch uh people who may have been standing firm in the truth or opposing what was being said, you know, he can jump the other direction to try to sweep up more people in his net. Yeah, I saw someone explain it like um, he he puts a wall up and lets you push against it really hard. And then once you're pushing against it with, with, with all your might, he like moves it and has you go off the other side of the road. You were, you know, you're trying to avoid falling in one ditch and you go into the other one. Yep. So anyway, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to be, we're going to give an account and be judged for everything we say. Every careless, casual comment is going to be looked at and judged based on what kind of heart does it flow out of? Is this flowing out of a heart of selfishness and pride or is this flowing out of a heart of love and thanksgiving? Exactly. I, you know, just a couple days ago, I'm driving home from work or I think it was home from work, something I was driving home from somewhere and there was another vehicle right behind me following too closely, driving in an unsafe manner. And I caught myself, um, speaking to that driver in ways that were not glorifying to God. And I had to pause and take a step back and go, wait a second. You know what you're about to be like uh, the driver could hear you. No. Well, just just in, in your own car. You were saying things. Yeah. I was okay. just muttering under my breath and, you know, blah. yeah. If we're ever <laughs> driving together, if I'm driving and you hear me say, hey, buddy. That's me getting really worked up with the other people <laughs> on the road. Hey, buddy is me getting very angry at whoever else is on the road. <laughs> well, you are. Doing better at controlling your speech in those circumstances than I am. And that's well, and something I, I'm working. I on. mentioned that more because to your point about the it's it's about the heart behind what we're saying. Like I'm saying, hey, buddy, um, but I mean it in a very like, what do I mean behind those words? I know what I mean behind those words. The fact that nobody else knows what I mean behind those words doesn't excuse what's going on in my heart and in my mind. Mm-hmm. Which also is something that you brought up the other day when we were talking about this subject of language and whether or not the Bible tells us not to use foul language and things. Um, you had said you don't think that there's a, a list of words that we are and aren't allowed to use, and I agree with that. But I think there is kind of a list of words that if you're using this word, you're not. <laughs> there are certain your motivation behind using this word is not generally going to be a good one. Yeah, there are certain words that should only be used in specific contexts. I will definitely. Precisely. But yeah, that one of the things that has irritated me for many years, which I was 
debating whether or not to bring it up, but I guess we are. Oh, sorry. It, no, that's that's fine. I just didn't want to open the can of worms if it was going to cause that would be a good confusion. Can of, can of worms. Yes. Welcome to episode four of Can of Worms. Well, no, that that's what we're going to call Joe's, and uh, the entire time, yeah. he's just going to try his hardest to. Uh, Let's do it. To pretend he's not uh, Phil. I am not Phil Robertson. No, 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 Phil Fisher. <laughs> well, ain't that ain't that the entire spectrum of Phil's right the there? The difference there is I want to be Phil Robertson. <laughs> um, but no, one of the things that has irritated me for years is when Christians will have a, a list of words they don't say because they're you know bad uh, words. But they have the counterpart. But then they, they will substitute, oh oh no, I, I won't say damn, but I'll say darn. Because that's somehow so much better. No, the attitude of your heart is the same, whichever word you're using. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that this word is okay and this word is not. The question is, are you glorifying God with the attitude of your heart? So I think it was the season one finale of Last Man Standing when Tim Allen's character and his family are sitting in church. And uh, the, the woman playing his character's wife, she... You know, I'm going to stop with that sort of language because that's just going to confuse things so much. Mike Baxter is the name of the character. And Mike's wife uh, turns and looks and she sees that uh, somebody has entered the church that she wasn't expecting to see. And uh, she says, oh, my God. And Mike turns and looks at her with this horrified look on his face. She goes, honey, don't say God in church. (laughs) And that just always for me kind of summed up the whole this whole debate about whether what words are okay to say, what words are not okay to say, because the joke is obviously, you know, church is where we're supposed to be talking about God and we should talk, we should talk about him everywhere, but especially in church, but it was because they're in church, they're recognizing the attitude with which they are using the name of the Lord. And, uh, and something about being in church kind of, kind of brings that brings things to light. When you're like you, if I if I'm the sort of person who uses uses foul language a lot, and then I start using it in church, then uh, something about being in church and using that language is gonna kind of affect my mind a little bit more. Make me think, you know, maybe I shouldn't be talking this way in a, in a church. Which the next step after that is, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't be talking that way at all if I've got the <laughs> the Holy Spirit in me. Yeah, I I do think there is a at least a certain degree to which the person you're talking to and the people around that can hear matter. You know, there are certain brothers in Christ that I would never, at least I hope I would never use, you know, use any kind of, um, those words that are on the, the cultural don't say this list. Mm -hmm. There are some people that I know are really bothered by those. And I, at least try not to use that kind of language where they can hear. And there are some other people who I know aren't as bothered, aren't bothered by it at all. And so mm-hmm. if there's a, top, a part of the conversation where I believe it would be not inappropriate, you know, where I don't think it would be a sinful thing to say, I'm more willing to use it there in front of some people than others. Yeah. And so there is at least a factor where, I'm not going to say certain things in church because I know that the people that are going to be 
upset by it are more likely to be hearing me in that environment than, you know, alone yeah. in my brother's house or whatever. But Well, I understand that. At the same time, I think it's a little dangerous because you start to get into um, being one person around your believer friends and another person around your Christian friend or around your unbeliever friends. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this issue of uh, you're living a double life and you're and things like that. Um, I think bridling our tongue and not using those words that are culturally um, viewed as vulgar, because there's a cultural aspect to this too. Um, Reining that in and not using those words around even our friends that are not believers who don't care if we use that or not is going to be a sign to them of like, Hey, this is, there's something different about me. Mm -hmm. And and eventually they're going to look at that thing that's different about you and say, hey, maybe that's actually a good thing so, that this person is different. Yeah, I would say that I would say that the uh, that the cultural understanding of those words would cut both ways there because, uh, uh, you know, if, if you won't use these words around believers because, you know, the understanding of what those words mean. But if you use those same words around unbelievers and they have the understanding of what those words mean. And you have to ask yourself is, do the meaning of those words, you know, and, and I'd say universally, at least here in America, we have an agreed on, uh, at least somewhat vernacular when it comes to cuss words, like mm-hmm. do the meaning of those words, is it something glorifying to God? And even if no one, literally no one is around uh, uh, on this plane of existence that would uh, that would hear it, is it something that we want to be accountable for? Yeah. As disgusting and, and, uh, uh, see there, there's, I can't, a- I can't think of any other words that I'm, I'm, I, I, I can use other than disgusting as disgusting as Hollywood and the whole movie industry is at this point, there are still certain words that they will not use in a PG 13 movie or that they only allow them to use like maybe once or twice. It's like if, if even these people are will look at it and say, you know, kids shouldn't hear words like that. There, uh, I, I rewatched uh, the the fight scene from uh, from Age of Ultron. Was that an R-rated movie or was that PG thirteen? PG thirteen. There was a word in there. I was surprised when I caught it. I was like, wait, what? Did it start with an F? No, start with a D. Oh. Yeah, because okay. I know the F word is. Um, in PG thirteen movies, they are only allowed to use it once, but like, which I think is kind of a weird rule. Like, yeah, you so can somebody only- somebody came up with this whole situation where Deadpool joins the Avengers, and he knows that he's in a PG thirteen movie now, and so he's like, okay, I can only use this word once, and he's like waiting for just the right moment, and then like Tony Stark uses it in passing, and he just like freaks out and starts cussing Tony out for. <laughs> <laughs> ruining his one opportunity to use but uh it's like aren't these movies supposed to be for kids it's like we can only expose kids to heinous cuss words once per movie exactly and it can only be their favorite hero and then they're gonna pick up on the word and start saying it and then once you know that once once we have the f word in blues clues then uh then we can just say whatever <laughs> uh, i don't think we're too far off from that well, I, I agree to with what you're. I agree with the point you're trying to make, and <laughs> I just don't think you've made it sufficiently. Well, here's the thing: because I, 
I agree to a certain point. First mm-hmm. Corinthians nine, starting in verse nineteen. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. So I do believe there is at least a certain level where if I'm hanging out with a group that includes both believers and unbelievers, and I know that the general language of the group might be a little less refined or, you know, might include certain vernacular that I wouldn't use in church. I'm not talking about, you know, taking the name of the Lord in vain. I'm not talking about, you know, inappropriate jokes. I'm, you know, there are certain lines that we should never cross. But I do think there is at least a certain extent to which if I allow my colloquialisms and my casual speech to be more like the group I am with, it can make that communication flow a little better and it might give me a chance to lead someone to Christ or at least get them thinking. I'm not talking about using profanities and foul language and saying the things that the Bible tells us not to say. My what point was, with, okay, so for example, when I'm hanging out playing magic with a with a group of friends, I may insult my brother, I may call him a name, I may thump him on the side of the head. You know, we're joking, we're having fun, he knows I'm not actually upset at him. I may not do that, you know, at church, you know, I may not call wife. him a nerd <laughs> right in front of our pastor's wife. You know, I will reserve that for the... Proper oh, okay. context. Okay, I so, thought you were talking about like extremely vulgar language. And no, stuff. That, that, I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? So I'm not saying that I don't struggle with that sometimes in that context, but that's something that I'm trying to. That's a habit that I've been right. working to break. <laughs> okay, I that's why I kept trying to interrupt you guys. Is you completely misunderstood my points. Okay, but but <laughs> you have to understand. We were talking about bad words, and then you said sometimes you have to just use different language to reach people. I'm like, what? What else could that mean? <laughs> yeah, I will we'll, happily we'll insult play back any... <laughs> the recording for you earlier, and you will misunderstand yourself the same way. We I will did. happily insult anyone i play magic with i will happily insult anyone in my dnd group i'll happily insult you from time to, i mean that's just how brothers are with each other and yeah. i think that's perfectly fine but it yeah. depends on the context G- it depends on where you are it I depends on who else is hearing i don't uh, maybe if you if you read read the gospels and read the way that jesus interacts with people and i'm pretty sure he did the same thing um <laughs> Like when he first meets Peter, and uh, he's like, "Hey, what's your name?" He's like, "My name is Simon." He goes, hmm, "Not anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to call you Peter, which means little bitty rock." Yeah, I'm Peter's the big like, stone. Oh, okay. You're the stone. <laughs> but at the same time, he took the temple very seriously, and when people were using it for common, casual purposes, 
he turned over their tables. He made a oh, yeah. whip and he drove them out because, the, you know, the house of God is yeah. to be a house of prayer and we are to but, conduct ourselves differently. But the beginning of this discussion, you weren't talking about specifically in church. You were talking about around some believers, you talk one way and around other people, you talk one way. That's true. And I, and I will correct you here. Uh, I would slap someone in the back of the head at church. Me too. Especially if it's my kid and well, he's not. I'm listening not a parent, to parents, so I don't have. I that. did slap my kids. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut that part out. <laughs> Why? No, no, no. I'm just gonna isolate that, and it's, it's just gonna be Joe. Like at the beginning of the podcast, I slap my kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I completely misunderstood your your entire thing you were saying because I thought you were saying it's like. I mean, when I'm around my magic friends, how else do I describe someone that uses slivers by calling, except by calling them the f word? He gave me the deck and said, "Here, use slivers." Can you tell which one of us was upset about that? When was this? <laughs> no, I told him when he was still out in Virginia before we ever met him. Yeah, person, he said he I was said like, he used yeah, slivers, playing, and I called him playing. a bad person. He's been saying I'm a bad person ever <laughs> since I mentioned that you gave me a slivers deck to play that one time. To no. be clear, that's my deck. I didn't give yeah. that. I let you borrow that. No, I said that's that's why I said gave it to me that one time. Okay. Look, no one no one ever blames the dealer. They no. bl- they blame the user. And he says it's my deck. I didn't give it to you. As in, I use that deck. I'm oh, not. Yeah, getting, no, I'm not no, letting that on, deck go. On, that's on. my primary command. We have deck. rock paper scissors here. We have rock paper scissors here, and this is how this works. I insult you, which goes to him because of slivers, and he hates me because of red blue. So it so it balances out. He thinks I'm a terrible person because I will because I will counter someone's counter. <laughs> he thinks you're a terrible person because he's a Calvinist and he thinks everyone's a terrible person. <laughs> Reformed Baptist, but yes. But I still want to get you the bumper sticker though. <laughs> Spread the gospel <laughs> when necessary. Use bad words when necessary. Uh, uh, red, blue is awful, people. Red, blue is awesome. We'll have another podcast about whether or not magic is an appropriate game for Christians to play. I mean, I personally can't anymore because it puts me in a weird headspace. Yeah. But at the same time, like most of the people, most of the people that play magic that I know are Christians. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, like I said, it should be a separate podcast, separate and discussion sometimes. So, but just to clarify so that everybody's not like listening to this podcast and I'm thinking I'm making a statement that I'm not making. Certain games like Magic and D&D and stuff like that, I don't think are wrong to play. I think they that can. they can become wrong. Very, I think it's a slippery slope, not like you're going to get into doing real witchcraft and stuff like that. I just think um, certain things can become... Um, you okay over there? What I'm going to say, if you're a Christian, don't play Black Red. <laughs> That's a good. Don't play Black at all. Yeah, I mean, don't play Black at all. No, I think I think there's some some dark stuff in some of these games. That it's a little it's a little easy to get into the dark stuff um, and not realize that you're getting into it. But I don't think the game in and of itself is bad. That should be a Separate podcast some other time. Yeah. Oh, man. I had some and then I just, my brain blanked. It's not abnormal, but it's still annoying. I can't think of any jokes to make at your expense regarding that. Oh, I'm just sitting over here trying to figure out how he 
comes to the conclusion that black red is somehow worse than blue red or blue white or really any anything he's talking about like look, dark look, creatures look, look me in the eyes and tell me that thematically that rakdos is somehow not the worst of all of the guilds i'm not talking thematically i'm talking about loving your brother <laughs> oh <laughs> so uh what i so i wish there was another card game like magic because even like I, I i can separate the theme of the game and just see it as just see it as a way to use little pieces of cardboard to infuriate to everybody yep there you go tick people off that's a christian alternative word some something um, something about just uh some about just infuriating people with cardboard is hilarious we need to play heroescape sometime Oh, that's a good way. We need to, yeah, we need to get back to HeroScape again. I've also got a few sets worth of Dice Masters, which is a lot of fun. Yep, that, that'll work. I don't know Dice Masters at all. So uh, as soon as Christy can have all our plants outside, we can actually use the table downstairs. Oh, it's warm enough now, too, that I can put a table in the garage and we can just have a, we can set up like a nice big board Ooh, and yes. just have, a, have an ongoing game. Yes, we should do this, definitely. But we should also talk about it when we're not recording. <laughs> oh shoot, we're still recording, aren't we? <laughs> we're no, just over see, here talking now. This is this is, is just, that is that two hours and five minutes no, or one no, hour no, and five no. minutes? One hour and five it's minutes. One hour and okay. five minutes. It starts off with an hour on the clock for some reason. Right. Okay. Anyway, um uh stuff and things, don't say bad words. Uh don't play Rakdos. Slivers are evil. And remember. God made you special, and he loves you very much. Unless you're white. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going off new Phil. <laughs> he gave in to woke. I gotta make a joke at some point. I don't think people understand that there's more issues than just abortion. There, there's just white people not feeling guilty in the streets. Yeah, see, until he got to that part, I was with him. I was like, yeah, there are more issues than abortion. I mean, abortion is the biggest issue, but there are other issues. There's also, like, you know, the homosexual agenda. That's pretty bad. You know, pushing transgenderism on children. That's pretty bad. Oh, you're saying white people are bad. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like... <sighs> no, you lost me there, Phil. Uh, he'll, I, he'll come back around. He has to. Oh, yeah. He's smarter than that. He is a smart dude. Just like, uh, just like, uh, uh, John Cooper said in all of his responses, it's like, yeah, he's really smart. He's way smarter than me. And it's like, wow, I couldn't. Yeah. I love Cooper. <laughs> I love Cooper. Oh my goodness. That guy is so much fun to listen to. You know, when, when, like at first he was like, I'm, I'm just a common man, you know, just trying to learn all this stuff. At first, I was like, "Oh, come on! You got to you're like you're really smart. You got to know more. You got to be more than just a common man." And then he goes on and and, and uh, he keeps he on doing normies that. is what he calls them. So. Yeah, the normies. And then as he's talking, I'm like, "My goodness, he he is just on the same level as me." <laughs> then it makes sense, like, "Oh yeah," because he's always working. He's like, it, it, yeah, and he's been doing this since he was like very young. Like he, I don't believe he went to college or anything like that in between. Uh, when you have a be when you have a beard like when when you look like that at that age, you don't have to go to college. At what age? Isn't he like isn't he like like forty five or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm saying he's been doing the music for for like for so long. I don't think 
I don't know. I don't know his history. Uh, shout out to Cooper stuff. Yeah. Go listen to go listen to his podcast. Go listen to him using language to try not to get banned for talking about stuff that if Hollywood talked about, it would be celebrated in the streets. Well, while you're at it, listen to Unashamed with Phil and Jace Robertson, too. Since we commented on them a few times in this podcast, we should plug that. Yep. Oh, and uh, uh, let's just go on and just do a, a podcast dump here while we're talking. Uh, subscribe to uh, Mike Winger on YouTube and uh, look for his app, Bible Thinker. Anyone else? Uh, download the app The Garden. Might be The Garden Fellowship. I don't remember. Um, Pastor Jason Duff is an incredible teacher of the word, and I, I highly recommend that app for anybody wanting to strengthen their walk with the Lord. Uh, then there's Truth for Life with Steve Lawson. I think Steve Lawson is Truth for Life. Good teaching. I think Jesus is Truth for Life, and Steve Lawson just talks about him. Well, yeah, but that's the name of the show. I'm a big fan of the Ask Pastor John podcast. It's a bit shorter, usually 10 or 15 minutes, but, you know, five days a week, John Piper is answering, usually answering a question emailed in by a listener. Occasionally he talks about some other topic that, you know, that might be relevant to the day, but usually he's just, he's answering various questions based on scripture. Cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the topic is exhausted, but I am. Yeah, and, and I noticed you're over there uh, in pain again. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I'm always in pain. That's my secret. All right, so uh, <laughs> who prayed last time? No. no was it? I think it was you. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was me. Like, you prayed the first time, but it didn't record because you were speaking things just too wonderful for the mic to pick up. <laughs> And then uh, we had you the second time, and it was me. So Silva, now it's your turn. Silva did it the second time. Yeah, I did it the second time. Okay, then you were the third time. Okay. So was it me this time? I think all three of us have prayed at this point. All right. I, can't, I don't remember. Okay, so it's extremely I? important <laughs> that the same person doesn't pray twice, apparently. Uh oh. Do you, do you need to take that call? Is that more important than this? Is that what you're saying? No, but I'm going to have to call him back. Oh, uh oh. Stuart, well, my knee touched your knee. That was. I love you, brother. I. Okay. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the love that you have shown us. We ask that you would cleanse our hearts. As the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Our heart flows out. Well, what is in our heart? flows out through our mouths <laughs> and we ask that the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths would be acceptable we ask that you would give us attitudes and speech that glorifies you that is full of thankfulness for all that you have done and that shows your love to those around us please help us this week to draw closer to you Please make us more like you and help us build the habit or strengthen the habit of, you know, keep do better at being aware of what we're saying and making sure it conforms to your word. We just, we thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
Later. And remember, God made you special, and he loves you very much. Unless you're white.